Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the, by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought him in the child, Jesus, to do for what the custom of the law required, Simon took him in his arms, praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in all the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marvelled at what was said about him. Then Simon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Thanks so much, Nate. Isn't it awesome to have our kids reading God's Word to us? How good was that yesterday and today? Thank you, Nate, for reading um, this great part of the Bible that we're reflecting on today. I'm going to pray um, just, uh, and uh, then we're going to get into thinking about the passage that Nate read for us. So let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you for Christmas. Thank you that you have brought each one of us here today. Uh, Thank you for the gift of your word. And we pray now that this word that you have given to us, uh, that it won't fall on hard ground but that you might make each of our hearts soft, receptive to your words, that we might receive Jesus with joy and know the peace that he brings. We pray in his name. Amen. Well, uh, friends, there are a few predictable things about Christmas for many of us. Uh, the first one is up on the screen, Christmas crackers and paper hats. Uh, um, so I hope. Oh, the, oh, the next one is also up on the screen now, which is toys that get broken before midday, right? Like that's sort of a fairly predictable um, thing about Christmas. And of course, Dad falling asleep on the couch after lunch. I've got my spot booked. <clears throat> Looking forward to that later on today, and uh, some of us are as well. But there's another predictable thing that happens every year around Christmas. Uh, and it is, and maybe you've sort of recognised this and you know it, it's the predictable thing uh, that world leaders all around the world call for peace on earth, call for world peace. Uh, it kind of gets, we hear it every year around this time, don't we? Um, the, the politicians, the heads of state, the religious leaders, thought leaders, all calling for peace around Christmas. And I wonder whether... Your eyes maybe sort of glaze over a little bit when you hear that. 
Uh, it can feel a bit times, a, a little bit at times, like you know the the kind of Miss Universe answering the question, "What's the one thing that you wish for?" And of course, she's going to say, "World peace." And you kind of think at that time that it can come across as a bit of an empty platitude, right? Like a a vague wish that just gets trotted out, but doesn't have any reality behind it. Um, and maybe you're feeling that especially this year when our world seems less peaceful than ever. Maybe you kind of, when you hear those, those calls for peace, maybe that's your reaction to that. Well, what does Christmas, not the Christmas of politicians, but the real Christmas, God in flesh come to dwell among us in the person of Jesus Christ. What does Christmas have to say about all of this. Uh, we're looking at a less well-known Christmas story today, not the bright angels, um, not the magi coming from far off. We're looking at this story that maybe is less well-known, uh, but is very powerful. It's a story of one old man at the end of his life. Uh, and I want to show you from this account something of the real, lasting, deep, an eternal peace that Christmas offers. And that if you are willing to receive it, if your heart is soft to receive it, that Christmas offers to you today. So I want to show you something of that from this account. Uh, it, it is a peace that is not an empty platitude. Uh, Shannon mentioned it earlier. It's not just wishful thinking. It's not a fool's hope this is a sure and certain rock that you can build your life on. And if you feel something of the uncertainty and anxiety of a world in chaos, if your eyes do kind of glaze over when leaders call for peace, I want to invite you today to find and rest and even rejoice in this peace because it is a peace like no other. It is a peace surer than any other. And it's a piece that you can only have here in, in this one. So let's dig in. Uh, we're introduced in the reading that Nate read for us. We're introduced to this man called Simeon. Uh, and it's just after Jesus is born. So uh, just a few days after Jesus is born. We're told in verse 25 that Simeon is a righteous and devout man. And, and there's this interesting description of him. Uh, you can read it up there. He's a man who's waiting He's someone who's waiting. Now, maybe you've been waiting. You know a little bit about waiting. Maybe you're a bit younger and you've been waiting for today. You've been sizing up the presents under the tree. Um, has anyone's parents been horrible enough to um, sort of make you wait until after church to open your presents? My kids, raise your hands. Uh, yeah, yeah. So maybe you're still, you're still waiting. Um, or maybe you're a little bit older and you're waiting until tomorrow until Christmas is over and you can finally relax in, on the couch in front of the cricket or something. Well, this man, Simeon, he was waiting. Um, he was waiting and he'd been waiting for years. Uh, he wasn't just waiting for a few days or weeks. He'd been waiting for years. Uh, day after day, he'd come to the temple in Jerusalem praying and waiting. And the thing we're told he was waiting for was the consolation of Israel. Uh, it's hard to capture how much is sort of packed into that little phrase. It's it, how much depth and longing is captured there. It's a phrase that really taps into the whole story of the Bible. 
Um, basically, it's a shorthand way of talking about the time when all of God's promises in the Old Testament would be fulfilled, when God would send his Messiah, his King who would save his people, when God would forgive their sin and give them new life by his Spirit. Uh, this King that would come would set up God's kingdom and his kingdom would be a kingdom of total peace. It would be a kingdom of deep peace, a kingdom without any pain or sadness or suffering, without any sin, where death itself would even be destroyed. That is the consolation that Simeon is waiting for and longing for. And deep in each of us, that is the consolation that you are waiting for and longing for too. This Prince of Peace, the one who Isaiah called the Prince of Peace. And like the prophets of old, the Holy Spirit is on Simeon. And in verse 26, we're, we're told he, he reveals to Simeon that he wouldn't die before he had seen this Lord's Messiah. Um, so in verse 27, he's moved by the Spirit to go to the temple. Uh, just, uh, just as Joseph and Mary are bringing this new baby to the temple to, to be circumcised. And it's kind of it's interesting. I wonder what Mary, Mary and Joseph are thinking at this point. They walk up to the up the steps into the temple, and suddenly this old man walks up to them. I imagine he's got sort of tears in his eyes. He knows that this is the one. Um, but uh, and and sort of walks up to them and, and asks to hold their baby. I mean, you know, if you've had a newborn baby, you know, everyone wants to come up and cuddle the baby. This is kind of odd, right? But I think Mary and Joseph. Um, I think they have gotten used to weird things happening around this baby by now. Uh, you know the story, they've just had a bunch of smelly shepherds show up uninvited at, the, at his birth, babbling about skies full of angels and singing and all of that. So they're probably used to weird things happening around this, this baby. Uh, but in verse, in verse 28, Simeon takes the baby in his arms and praises God. And he, then he says, verse 29, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servants in peace. And I reckon at that, that point, it's like this huge weight just falls from Simeon's shoulders. It melts away. Or a knot that has been in his heart just untires all of a sudden as he holds this baby in front of him. At last... Now I can die in peace. That's a pretty full-on thing to say, isn't it? Um, uh, you'll know that lots of people come, if, if you've had a baby, you'll know that lots of people come and make comments about your kid. Some of them are hilarious. Uh, but I've never heard anyone say anything like this. Now that I've seen your child, I can lie down and die happily. You know, like, it's, it's pretty full-on, right? I mean, maybe, hard parents, you, can, you might kind of think something, yeah, 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 I can see you, yeah, yeah, doting over your granddaughter. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's full on. Here in this baby, Simeon sees the one he's been waiting for, but it's not just him waiting for it, right? The, the depth of this, it's, it's all of God's people have been waiting for this one, and not just all of God's people, the whole world. All of creation has been longing, straining for this one. This child, longing for him. So friends, maybe you have come here today with a kind of weight on your shoulders, a knot in your heart, a longing for peace that you can't find fulfilled, 
Sovereign Lord, you can let your servant depart in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. The reason this baby fulfills the deepest longings of the whole world, the reason this one fulfills the deepest longings of your heart, is because he is, he is God's salvation. He is God's salvation not just for Simeon. It's not just for his own people. This, do you notice that this is a salvation prepared for all nations, a light for the Gentiles, for those outside of Israel, as well as the glory of Israel. This is the one for every person. He would bring God's salvation to every person. doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, whether you're rich or poor, male or female, whatever country you're from, Jesus is for everyone. That means Jesus is for you. He is the saviour of all people. And it's no wonder, isn't it, in verse 33, after Simeon says this, it's no wonder that Joseph and Mary are kind of shocked. They marvel about what's been said about this child. I mean, you would be too, right? Like, it's just unbelievable. Like, the, 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 the hugeness of what Simeon has just said is incredible. But he's not quite finished yet. He's got something more to say to Mary. And you might have noticed this as we read through it. There's this kind of sudden shift in tone. Verse 34, Simeon blesses them, and then he says something I think is pretty shocking to Mary. He, he turns to Mary, his new mother, and says, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. This child of yours, Mary, is the saviour of the world, the only one who brings real, deep, eternal peace, but not everyone's going to recognise him. He will divide people, He'll be spoken against. He'll reveal the depths of our hearts, and some people will, will not like that. In fact, what will happen to him will be so horrible that you will be cut deep to your soul. He says to this new mother holding this baby. He didn't see it fully, but what Simeon is speaking about is the time when Mary, 33 years later, would watch her son be rejected, falsely accused, nailed to a cross, 
and executed. It's not exactly the sort of thing you expect someone to say at a baby shower, right? Like, it's not a kind of hallmark greeting thing you write in to someone who's just had a baby. It's also not often, not often the sort of thing that we reflect on at Christmas time. We're much more comfortable thinking about cute baby Jesus than Jesus on the cross. But Simeon here shows us that the two go together. With The cradle is always in the shadow of the cross. Without the cross, the, the promise of peace, of God's salvation, would be just as empty as that sort of annual cycle of calls for peace that get trotted out by world leaders every year. Christmas might be a comforting tale, but it wouldn't be good news of great joy without the cross. But Christmas, friends, is good news of great joy. It was in his birth that God united himself to us, but it was in his death that Jesus conquered it was at the cross that he took the sin that is the ultimate cause of our sorrow. He took it on himself. He bore the penalty we deserve. And he broke through to new life in his resurrection as our victorious King of kings and Lord of lords. And that is why, uh, if you hear yesterday, we sung that great carol at the end, O Holy Night. Wasn't that a thrill to sing that all together? And it's got this great line. It's not just a thrill to sing that song. And every time I sing that song, I get to this line, and it sort of hits me. You know the line? A thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. We live in a weary world. But Christmas, the real Christmas, brings a thrill of hope to those who receive it. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Friends, in a world filled with chaos and suffering, Christmas proclaims not an empty peace, but a true, lasting, real peace. A peace that when you receive it, gives you a thrill of hope. Because it's a peace that's grounded in reality. It's grounded in Jesus, the Prince of Peace, so maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian. I want to invite you today to become one. Today, there would be no better day, actually, for you to come to Jesus to receive his peace. Peace with God now. And the certain hope of a world of peace when Jesus returns. I'm going to pray a prayer in a little bit without you can pray along with me if you want to do that. For those of us who do know Jesus, there's a really important sense that we're like Simeon. We're like Simeon, uh, waiting. Uh, this kingdom of peace, it has begun in Jesus. It's been accomplished by him, uh, achieved at the cross um, and in his resurrection. It's begun in Jesus, but it hasn't yet come to its fullness. So we're waiting too. And that is the ultimate hope for a world of peace. When the Prince of Peace returns to make everything new. 
That's a hope that you can be sure of because of Jesus' resurrection from the dead. When this weary world will rejoice. When the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. I reckon there must have been many days when Simeon, you know, he kept going to the temple day after day after day after day in hope. There must have been many days when he was weary, um, when he maybe doubted, when he even despaired of this day ever coming, of him seeing this consolation of Israel, the hopes and dreams of the whole world fulfilled. But he kept going in faith, trusting God's word. So for those of us who know Jesus, this, this, this passage is great news, this, this news of Christmas, to renew you to live in that, that same waiting hope, to live in the peace that God has achieved in Jesus and the hope that his peace will be all in all when he returns, to yearn for that day and to work for it here and now. So that's the message of Simeon. That's a Simeon's story on Christmas Day, a lesser well-known Christmas story, but a really powerful one uh, to reflect on this Christmas Day. And I'm going I'm to pray now. I'm going to pray and invite you to pray this prayer with me, uh, maybe for the first time, maybe for the, uh, for, uh, the hundredth time. It's a prayer um, that you can pray to enter this day, this day of Christmas, trusting in this one, who brings real peace, uh, and maybe to have that same thrill that Simeon had as you look down at Jesus today. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the precious gift of your Son. Thank you that he was born that first Christmas, that he lived a perfect life, that he died and rose again so I could be forgiven and have new life in him. I'm sorry for how I have so often ignored you and rejected you. Please forgive me. Please give me that same peace that Simeon experienced as he looked on Jesus. This Christmas, give me that thrill of hope. Help me to know Jesus as your salvation for all people, your light and your glory. In his name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I think I've been rung off, uh, but maybe you've prayed that prayer. Uh, I, you might have to run away. I would love to talk, you know, if you're visiting or anything, I'd love to talk to you about Jesus today. If you'd like to catch me afterwards, I'll be hanging around. Uh, but Merry Christmas. Have a great day. Uh, and we look forward to seeing you next Sunday at 10 o'clock if you're able to be here. So God bless.